Lord Jesus, as we pray and as we sing, may these words be true as we try and find a better way to describe you and to know you more and in a way for us to allow ourselves to to be open for your expressions towards our lives. May we know that your grace creates space for us to be true, to be, to be human, to be sons and daughters. May our longing to know you more grow. Amen. Hallo allemaal. Nijlijk elke kans. Het is hier ooit wel een keer dat jullie gedraf het. Het was ek, jy het net so gemaakt. Nee, nee. Oké, nou sal ek Engels toe gaan. Ek het net een vondbraad oomlik gehad. Okay, good evening guys, welcome to Third Place. If it's your first time, my name is Nick. We're in a season called Epiphany. And we're actually following a theme which we are trying to pull through saying dirt and grace. So, uh, for, for a metaphorical example, we are the dirt and God brings the grace. And, and the season of Epiphany is a season for us to have new revelation about who God is, what He has already done in our lives and also busy doing. So to, to maybe hear the word revelation could be like end of Bible times. You know, that usually comes up, but that's actually not what it means. It means that God wants to reveal Himself to you in a new, beautiful way. And how, how great is it to know that there is a season created for us to participate in the revelation of God, to understand and learn more of who He is through, through scripture, preaching, friends, family, and one of the great ways to experience God is nature. Um, we, my wife and myself, we went to the Kruger Park for, for December holidays. Um, everybody said, why are you going there? It's so warm. Well, it was warm here as well. So but at least we had something to look at. And, and, you know, usually when you get to the Kruger, you have five things you need to see. And one thing you really don't mind seeing, except a rooibok. It's called the Blauwille Beers. Blue Wild Buffalo. Something like that. It's like, there's another one. But, what, what did you see? No, a Blauwille Beers. Why did you mention that? It's like, that's how we roll when we sit. And, and we, were, we were on our way to a new campsite. And there was this row of cars next to the road, and we were like, yes, lions. First thing that comes up, you know. And they were looking at Blue Villa Beers. 
it's boring, man. It's probably their first day in the in the Kruger, and they was like, uh, you don't even take who takes photos of a blue villabias, you know? Really, it's like show me your pictures of a blue villabias, and I'll I'll announce it again. And we we were. We were slowing down, and we were maybe maybe there's something that we aren't observing or seeing in the situation. Everybody looking at this global view, and Jane, my wife, went like, "Oh, look, Andries, I'm gonna be more conservative. Andries, tail. There's something wrong there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is. It's like when something didn't fall off completely, you know, and then." As we drove closer, suddenly, boom, pops out a baby. Huh? And suddenly, a blowable abyss becomes something spectacular in the Kruger National Park, experiencing the birth of a new baby. And then you realize why well, everybody was actually there. And you have to, you have to be, we have to be honest with ourselves. You really have to love or be lucky to realize that a blowvillabeers is going to give birth because they stand when they give birth and they stand when they eat and they stand when they are walking around no? so it's they like have the normal pattern and their color doesn't even change so yeah <laughs> something like that so it's not and, and it was, was this great moment and we were actually sitting there and just experiencing something be beautiful about nature because it's crazy dry. Well, it was. Now it's pouring rain there. And it was extremely warm. You're talking about 42 degrees, about eight hours a day in the bucky. You know, you have the aircon on and the windows open. And it was so beautiful. And, and, and a great thing about, the, uh, let's say, about the ancient times is, is after they were captured, and everything was destroyed. It was like there was a, cre a, a moment that they thought, let's reconcile everything in a year which we call Jubilee. Have you ever heard about the year of Jubilee? Do you know what it is? So basically, every 50th year, everybody is forced to give back the land that they took from somebody else or bought from somebody else bought from somebody else. They had to give it back. They had to set all their slaves free. Everybody that's working for them, they had to set them free and say, you know what, you are free. You can go. And for a year, nobody harvests, nobody plants. It's like a party year. Imagine having that, you know. At least we will have one year maybe in our lives that we, will have, we can just do whatever we want. And, and, and it's a beautiful one, and I want to read this text. It's Isaiah 61. Uh, listen to it, and, and hear the, the, the excitement, the promise that is actually referring to a year like this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, 
to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of, spirit, instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that they have devastated from generations. Aliens hmm, will shepherd your flock. Foreigners will work your fields and the vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of God. You will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land. And everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and inequity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the people of the Lord that He has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his, heart, his head like a priest, and his bride adorns herself with her jewels. For of the soil makes a sprout come up, and the garden causes seed to grow. So the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Such a beautiful text, eh? So, so many promises, so many restorations, salvation, greatness you'll have you can stop working somebody else will work for you now huh? at least you had to wait 49 years if you maybe sold your land but just for a moment think if you came out of a devastating time of war or maybe brokenness or you have seen something that you've built being destroyed and there comes this promise now, as, as the title and the SF said, that, that, that there are cracks in Jubilee. Because what happened, most probably after these years, is those people that's worked the land for 49 years have what? They still have the wealth because they made money off those lands. So they come back, they say, Obut, die oom sal het terugkoop. They, they get opportunities where he says, you're not a slave, but I will buy your land, and then you can work for me. Again. So can you see that there were some small cracks actually in the reality of this hope? It's like we as humans have a way of 
dodging the grace that has been stowed upon us. We find a way, we call them most probably skisiala auditiere, and they will help you to get around SARS. Yeah. Sorry for the Afrikaans every now and again. But this is a promise, this is a way we see. And now, in your own life, just for a moment reflect on your own life. How many times have you started off with a promise every year towards yourself and you have broken it? Maybe in the first day of the year or first week, let's see some hands. Yeah, let's see some hands, people. The rest of you are quite okay. Look, it maybe took you six months before you broke it. But we, we, always, we always make a more promise. Uh, usually the promises are, I'm going to lose weight and be fit. You know, that's one of the, I'm going to find a new job. I'm going to start a new hobby. And then six months passed and you are just the same person that you were before. And you maybe realize that the choices you made in the beginning of the year were full of hope. And yet, today there is no hope. There's no way out. I have to stick with what I have for the next six months because I'm being captured. Or I, I let myself into a trap of thinking that this is okay, I'll just do it again and then I'm still unhappy. So just to quickly give a little bit more information about Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet. And the role of a prophet in the ancient times were never really to prophesy about the future. We usually understand prophets as somebody that will come to you and they will tell you what will happen this year. But the role of a prophet was to say, what did you do last year? What did we as a, as a nation, as individuals do last year which was right and which was wrong? And where did that lead us to be who we are as a nation and as a person today? And then they will say, if we make the same mistakes, we will be stuck. And even more, if we continue making the same mistakes, we will maybe even be worse off. But you have a choice to change. And that's great for me about a season of, of epiphany is rather than making like a New Year's commitment or whatever, which is not wrong, but making an epiphany commitment where I will not just make a choice because I felt bad about what I did last year or I was lazy last year, I'm going to work hard or whatever. I'm actually going to take a moment and I'm going to understand why I feel like I feel today and what needs to change and then get that moment where I say, okay, so this and this is what needs to change in my life for me to have a different life. Which is quite, which is quite difficult because the reason is like, we are stuck when we make those choices. You didn't get out of your situation or your troubles or your, how can I say, devastating emotional feelings. It, it was a great decision, but you're still stuck. You haven't moved yet. And it's going to take a while for you to get out of this situation. It's going to take a while for you to experience the change that you chose to have in this year. 
But we live in a, in, in, a, in a culture, in a world where we want to be what? We want to be, let's take the Kruger National Park metaphor a little bit further. We want to be the big five. And we want to be it immediately. And I learned a very hard lesson in, in the first year of my studies, which is almost 10 years ago, where, where a mentor told me that who, who inspires you? And I would say, well, this leader inspired me. I can't remember who I said in that moment. He said, do yourself a favor, and if he has a biography, go and buy it and read it. And see where he comes from, what steps he needed to take to get where he is today, to be loved maybe and praised for it. And then realize, even if he took a hundred steps, metaphorically now, to get where he is, he can only make one step wrong and it will break everything. And he will have to start over. And the great thing about this is, is like there is an opportunity for us every day to start over. Just remember, when you start over, you are still stuck. And that sucks. So I'm going to read the, 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 the New Testament, the, the evangelical text for us, before, before we go on. We, Jesus went back to his hometown, and we all have heard stories about his hometown. How they have accepted him for a moment and then just chased him away. Because how could this carpenter from Joseph and Mary, which was born in a star, be this great person today? So he's in a synagogue before being chased away, and he's having a, a, a normal Jewish life, going on a Sunday to a synagogue to all listen to a preaching, but he, at this moment he was the one doing the sermon. And he read a small text. Uh, if you want to follow, I'm in Luke 4 from verse 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue. As, he was, as it was his custom, he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and, re and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim to, proclaim to the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I'm going to stop there. So we all know now that he read a Jubilee text. A text which was known among the Jews, the Israelites, because it was a text of hope. But now Jesus is coming back and saying once again, the scripture is fulfilled. Wasn't it fulfilled? Why is it fulfilled now? 
And this is the great thing for me about this text and the explanation of Jesus' words is he has realized that maybe some of us are still stuck. And the reason why we are stuck is, is because we can't pull ourselves out of a ditch. We need help. And by him reading the text and saying that it's befilled is because he is telling them a secret story which we all know about what Jesus came to do on this earth. To save us. So in third place, we have this hashtag for friends. And to come back to the story of the Kruger of the Blauville BS, is that the only reason why we stood and watched this mom and her new baby was, if he didn't stand in the next 10 minutes, he will die because he won't be able to move on with the herd. He won't be able to move on on his own to be fed and to be protected. Now, it was fantastic to see this baby trying to stand up and falling head first and then with his bums first. And then when he tries to stand up, it's like his front legs are just too short. And his back legs are kicking like a rabbit. And he doesn't know why. <laughs> and he's trying to maintain his feet to come to a place where he can find balance and stand up. And maybe for the first time in his life experience a step in this world. In this, let's, let's say, out of his own personal ditch. And his mom was beside him all the way. And the great metaphor for me about this is, is like, we have maybe forgotten that God is standing right next to us when we make these choices. We forget that when we make these promises, he is listening and excited, but maybe also a little bit worried. Because if my baby doesn't stand up, I'm going to lose her. As that baby stood up and started walking, it was like Jane and myself had this moment of celebration. Like when you were maybe watching your favorite band and they are saying, fantastic, and they are moving and you're all screaming, encore, we want another one. That's how we felt when we saw this baby stood up and started walking. And the great thing about this text, which we have read, and, and the promise God makes to us, and saying that it is fulfilled, saying that I'm going to make you new, I'm, I'm going to restore your humanity, is that I, I think if we re remember those words, these scriptures, we will look differently about the choices we made, about renewal, about change. It is not something you are doing alone. God is standing next to us. The rest of us are in the cause, <laughs> cheering you on. 
but we can't pick you up in that moment. We need to make sure you are willing to stand up on your own. And when you stand up and start moving, it won't only be moving with your mom, with God, it will be with the whole tribe. And then we walk next to you and we protect you and we teach and we love and we learn and we laugh. But it's a scary moment to know that the, how can I say, the, the choice of what we make is not one that somebody else can make for you, but it is something other people can hope for you because it's something you need. So in third place, we have a metaphor which we use calling train naked, a way in which we love the knowledge, the experience, the grace, which we have maybe already learned or been taught, and trying to make it perfect while we are imperfect. We are trying to put our, our naked selves out in a world with our mistakes. And, and, and the beautiful thing for me about this training naked is maybe it's more of a question which you have to reply on by yourself. Jesus is the good news. We all know that. The question most probably is then, did we hear it? And are we doing something about it? And in a community of third place, maybe some of us are stuck in a ditch and we fell again. That is why we support and we love. And we do not judge. Which is difficult. But we support and we love. And we hope that you will get it and that you will hear it that Jesus is the good news and there is hope. I'm going to pray for us and then there's some more coffee and you're more than welcome to Kair. Thank you, Jesus, when, when we maybe think about the cracks in our own lives, we, are, we know that you came to restore it that we can, for a moment in this space, sit back and hear the good news or are reminded about the good news. And I pray, Lord, as we make new choices in this year, trying to follow you more, loving you more, loving others more, that will we encourage those around us to do it with us and that we will always be reminded of your words saying that the promise has been fulfilled. Amen.